For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 509, December 1st, 2020. Back in 1998, we reached 68 degrees on this day, and it was 15 below in 1893. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We're happy to be joined by Pat Kessler, who for 36 years was a stalwart political reporter and analyst on WCCO, and you have announced your retirement, Patrick, but you're still on the air, aren't you? Uh, yes, uh, I'm going to be the old guy emeritus. You're the dean, man. You're the dean. That's what that's what's going to happen. So special events, uh, if there's ever a riot in Minneapolis, uh, it, you know, that kind of political analysis, uh, that's where I'll be. That's me now. Although, didn't Maxie take that role from you during uh, the... <laughs> Yeah, that, that proving that anybody can do this job, there's a lot less to this than meets the eye. Patrick, give us a brief, uh, brief history, uh, beginning as a farm kid in Clay County, and then essentially staying with the same employer your whole career. Yeah, that's really unusual. It really uh, you know, is I, in this business. Yeah, because uh, my my kids already have had two, three, four, five jobs. You know, that's what happens nowadays. <laughs> mm-hmm. But back in the day, you know, I used to be in the farm field in Clay County outside Hawley, Minnesota, and I'd hear these trains that would come from Montana, big coal trains, and they'd be heading east, and I always thought I'd be on it one day. And sure enough, you know, I ended up in, I wanted to go as far away as Fargo, Alexandria, or God help me, I, if I could make it to the Twin Cities, uh, that would be fantastic. And that's what happened. So I stayed there for many years. I worked at Minnesota Public Radio for five, six years, and then went to CCO, which is very unusual, and I just stayed there. Was Reality Check your idea? You know, it was. Uh, it was my idea talking with other producers in the station. This would be the late 1990s, maybe 2000, but late 1990s, where we were trying out an experiment where we knew that political people were not telling us the truth. We knew that in political ads, in speeches, just in uh, interviews, they were not saying things that were true. So we decided we were going to kind of break that fourth wall and say hey what he said is not true it was very controversial at the time we tried it out once or twice three times and then it took a couple of years and then in the early 2000s we made it a franchise didn't you win a couple of emmys for it well i'm too immodest to say that yeah as a minnesotan but yeah i did well why 
I, I, it's one of those pieces on, on local television news you look forward to, and I'm wondering why other people haven't done more of that. We're starting to see it an awful lot more now. During this last presidential campaign, I think every news organization had this. But Tom Hauser over at KSTP has been doing his truth test for quite some time. Right. Uh, for a while, the Pioneer Press and the Star Tribune local newspapers both had some sort of fact-checking uh, franchise uh, for political ads. But it is interesting. It, it's a little time-consuming, and there's a lot of navel-gazing going on also, because in order to say that a politician is not telling the truth or what he tells you is false, I, I mean, that's a big step for a journalist. We have not, at CCO, or me personally, have ever said that so-and-so lied, or that mm -hmm. he's a liar, or that mm -hmm. he's lying. I've never, never used that word. It's always made me uncomfortable. But I see nowadays that uh, nationally, in particular, people use that word. I always felt, though, that I was getting the straight dope. I always felt I was getting a, well, a straight you. shot. Yeah, I, I really did, and, and I appreciated it. I, I would imagine, I would imagine, as you look back over the 36 years, uh, the changes in just the behavior of the political class are extraordinary. Uh, it really is. It was much different then. I think that it, politicians, Democrats, Republicans, and independent people were much more friendly, much more friends. Their families went to church together, went to dinner together. Uh, they hung out together. We don't see that at all nowadays. Uh, the behavior is much more brazen where uh, where people say things as if they're sitting in their boxer shorts in their mom's basement nowadays, and they, they just say it openly. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so in addition, the money uh, that is now part of politics that wasn't as much back then, uh, and the political consultants and the very sophisticated uh, the uh, optics that they that they that they put together strategies. That's much different, too. But we've changed also uh, in this business, all of us. Uh, we, we, I started off when I, using a typewriter. And, and now, you know, we can, I can do a storage on my cell phone. Uh, so things, are, things have changed for everybody. Did social media confuse truth-telling? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum for me because on the one hand... We have more access as consumers to information than we've ever had in the history of the world. I right. Think we have more access. And yet, um, so much of the information is false. We have more false information uh, on the Internet and on social media than we've ever had also. So how do you, how do you break that apart? How do you separate those and have someone who says, this is what you should be paying attention to, and you should ignore this. So, yeah, social media, not just by passing misinformation, disinformation, uh, outright falsehoods, not just that, but just the behavior of the people who are on social media anonymously, uh, as if nobody's listening to them, and the things that people say, that's a lot different, too. It, it complicates the job. It complicates the craft because it requires additional time to vet these claims. It did. Now, back in the old days, and I hate to say it quite that way, back in the day, 
Uh, but 20 years ago uh, or 30 years ago when we started this, it took a lot longer. We had to, we had to investigate, the, go to the Library of Congress or go to uh, the House and the Senate and actually find out votes when people were not telling the truth. Nowadays we can do it uh, by going on the Google mm-hmm. uh, and checking out people's records. Uh, but it, it's much more complicated uh, to, 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 to take something that someone says because it's written Things are written so artfully uh, so that they're not exactly false, but they're no way near true either. So, yeah, that's a lot different also. Have you made friends with anyone you covered? I mean, close, become close friends? The answer is no. Um, And it's, it's been, I've reflected on that just over the last month or so because so many people have said, nice things about me and i'm thinking where in the hell have you been for the last 30 years while you <laughs> right <laughs> you know seriously i mean I, I feel a little bit like tom sawyer uh, attending his own funeral when he sees mm-hmm. becky thatcher crying i mean my god these people have uh, been pretty rough on me uh for many many years including our viewers uh but i have uh never attended let's say a political fundraiser or a cocktail party uh, there are the occasional, and it's very rare, uh, but a, a long time ago, governors used to have uh, occasional parties for the Capitol Press, and uh, always felt uncomfortable. I might have attended one of those. So, no, I'm not friends. Uh, I am friendly, but I've never become friends with the people I cover, ever, mm-hmm. not once. I'm, I'm desperately trying to find uh, video, and I can't. Uh, of a of a, I think it was a fairly famous harangue that you got into with Ventura, or should I say, maybe Ventura <laughs> got into with you, rookie. Maybe you could help me look. I okay. I've been looking all morning and I can't find it, but I have oh, this God, vague memory one? of it. Which yeah. one? I know, but I have a vague memory of one that I probably oh. should have made the YouTube's. I have no idea, but it was yeah, just there, wonderful. There were a number of them, um, in, including after the uh, governor's residence was used as a party pad, <laughs> quote-unquote, as the headlines of the newspaper uh, called it then. Uh, that, that one, uh, he, he yelled at me pretty good. But we got an awful lot of yelling from uh, Governor Ventura. And, mm-hmm. and boy, do, boy, do I miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was really great to cover. Well, we just had him on about two weeks ago, and he, he, uh, he took up the whole show, and it was fairly delightful. Even yeah. though I said, Jesse, you're working for the commies. That didn't seem to bother him much. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, he works for Russia TV. Right, right. Pat, yeah, so it, it, you guys go ahead if you have a question for Pat. Yeah, I have a question for Pat. Who'd you vote for in the last election? Oh, come, come on, on Kenny. G- give it up, Pat. Good? Good? Well, here's the thing that we always said. Now, I, I've gone back and forth on this for so many years. There are many years where uh, I did not vote. I don't think reporters should vote. Um, and and it's a, it's a really insightful question, Kenny. Uh, oddly, <laughs> <laughs> by accident, <laughs> bam! Shout <laughs> That 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 one that knife went in so fast it almost felt good. <laughs> you know? um, so so yeah, I mean, I have struggled with this for many many years, and I uh, often have glibly said, uh, reporters should vote the story, vote for the politician that you think uh, will give you the best story uh, if and oh. when they're elected. 
Uh, and that's one that I, I thought about early in my career. And then I went for many elections uh, without voting at all because I think that I don't want to be infected by thinking, well, who's the best candidate? Mm-hmm. So, so that that's something that was uh, has always weighed on me, uh, and it comes down to this: I've discovered over many years that I don't care. I don't care who's elected. I don't care that uh, that if it's a Republican or a Democrat, I get paid the same, no matter who it is. Uh, I will cover it the same way. The absurdity of politics. Uh, the wonderful nature sometimes when they come together and actually do something, the fun of it and the policy of it and the process of it is what I love the most. Do you have your own political ideology? I'm very confused about that. It's, a, it's, it's mm-hmm. something that, um, th- that I think I, I don't think about a lot because I'm interested mostly in the story. Well, I, I, Again, the, sec, the second I, I part of that, yeah, the second Go part ahead. of that would be, uh, what gave you uh, such discipline in your craft? I would say the same thing about Hauser. I have no idea what your politics are. Yeah, it, it's 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 again because I'm I'm mostly interested in the process. But do I come to this business with a bias? I say absolutely, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from a family of 13 kids. We're Catholics. Uh, I lived on a farm. Uh, we were not well off. I came to the cities. I mean, there were all sorts of different things that made me who I am, but it doesn't uh, make me lean politically one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a question that I deal with with my viewers so many times because so many ways they think that we have an agenda, as if we get together and think about, well, what could we do to help President Obama win this election or go against President Trump? It's just not something that consciously or unconsciously, I hope, uh, that, that, I, that I think about ever. You know, and, mm-hmm. and to, to piggyback on that, uh, Hauser would fill in for Joe routinely back when we were still on the radio, and he would always say, I know I'm doing my job well when I get attacked from both sides of the aisle. <laughs> happens all the time. Yep. All the time that happens, and sometimes on the same story, um, it happened to me during the summer of violence in Minneapolis all the time, I'm getting attacked uh, as a Trump lover or a Biden lover or whoever it is. I hate the police. It happens all the time. The difference uh, over the last couple of years is that it's exceedingly personal now. Uh, It's about my family. It's about Mm -hmm. my kids. Uh, it's, It's about how I look. Uh, it, it's, it's about all of that, and that's what's a little bit different now than it used to be uh, a couple of years ago. Well, hell, Pat, you used to have hair, for God's sake. Oh, well, Joe. I'm better looking now than I was then. <laughs> Suits, you have you. no business. I know, I know, I share, I share Pat's, uh, I share Pat's yeah. uh, hairstyle. Yeah, uh, Pat, uh, did you have an office at the Capitol? Yes, uh, and, and that's something that happens, that uh, we do have a, an office, uh, all of the television stations do, which is very odd, I am told, uh, for other Capitol Press Corps around the country. I read that you were always very friendly to the other reporters, but that if you had a scoop you thought nobody else had, your door was closed. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And then, in retrospect, now I think that that was probably a tell. 
Mm-hmm. Where, it wasn't, Jill, uh, otherwise I wouldn't have read it. <laughs> right. So, so I think I have something, and I'm sneaking around talking <laughs> quietly on the telephone. Right. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, so it's silly, but uh, we we are very competitive. Uh, we are friendly, and, and uh, unlike, I, I'm not friends with a single politician, uh, we're very friendly with uh, all of the people in the Capitol Press. Right. Right. Uh, how long? When will you actually leave the air? First of the year. Well, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. They told me that I should stay on until the election is decided. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna when work till 2025, gonna right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, when is that going to be? So uh, we. Uh, so myself, I stopped it the day before Thanksgiving. So I'll be coming on every once in a while over the next few weeks, but uh, my regular shift is now uh, ending on the night before Thanksgiving last week. You're too young. What are you going to do? Well, Joe, he can retire. He's making money off of KFAN and Barrero. That yeah, check yeah. is probably about four hundred grand a year. <laughs> I don't even oh. cash those checks. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, wow. I just put those away. Uh, you know, people ask me uh, the, uh, what I'm going to do. I say, whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sleep past five o'clock in the morning and go to bed before midnight, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's been the mo for the last thirty years. So, uh, getting up early and staying up late. So, uh, th- there's a lot I want to do. I'll still do some radio. Uh, I will be doing, as I say, some special events uh, for the TV, and probably, uh, you know, if anybody wants me, I'll probably be teaching a couple of classes. Okay, oh, I've always thought about. Idea. I've always thought about retirement that the only thing I can come up with that it would mean to me is that I wouldn't have to put ice cubes in my coffee. <laughs> is that the only thing? That's the only thing I come up with so you far. You can have it hot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I can. I can linger over it. In other words, yeah, oh, yeah, I get that. Okay. And and I can read the paper all the way through. Frequently, yeah. it takes me all day to read the newspapers, mm-hmm. uh, and and I still get the hard copies. So I read through all of those. So um, I'm just going to take a few weeks to kind of power down, you know, finish stuff around the house, uh, read some books and do that. And then we're going to figure out what to do after that. But, I, I mean, this is this is my choice, and it's fantastic. i got a great life. So, Pat, in all, in all honesty, you know, we, we joked about the, the result of the election, but what do you forecast here? I mean, are we in for the, a couple of years of lawsuits and litigation? I don't think it'll be lawsuits, but I do think that uh, President Trump is going to continue. I don't think he'll ever concede this election. And it's, it's, we're looking at reality in the face here where President Trump is telling us something that is not true right now, uh, that he won the election. Uh, and we're going to hear that from the president for the next four years. I think the next two years he will use this platform to raise money for himself and political action committees and he's going to keep this going he's going to freeze these presidential candidates in place all of the republicans which may or may not be good for them and this is the way it's going to be we're going to be in a state of suspended political animation for the next couple of years i really believe that jesse ventura told us that trump sought his counsel before running for president and i believe you were privy to that weren't you absolutely true that is uh that's a true statement the governor made uh, donald trump came to minnesota in 1999 oh, after boy. jesse ventura had been elected 
And, uh, man, that was, uh, it's just like covering his campaigns. It's like following a circus. Honestly, mm-hmm. God. Uh, so he came to Minnesota in the big Trump jet, Yep. Got out at the airport, got into a stretch limo, white, shows up at the fundraiser trying to sell his books, Oof. and we got a chance to talk to the guy. Yep. And he was as controversial then. But after the fundraiser at this event, President Trump met with Jesse Ventura at the Northland Inn out uh, out in Brooklyn Center. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they he picked his brain about what do I need to do to run for president. Mm-hmm. And it took him a long time, uh, but he did it, and look what happened. Holy smoke. So Jesse Ventura started this with setting the, the, the idea in motion that you don't have to be a career politician and gave him a bunch of pointers. Mm-hmm. Did you hear from Trump back then uh, things that no longer surprise you because you've heard them for so long? Yes, uh, it, it's a great question because I was shocked at some of the things that he said. Uh, mm-hmm. He he was uh, very off color, uh, very provocative, uh, uh, a lot of braggadocio, a word that he he likes a lot. At the same time, charismatic. He was really charismatic. He was a mm-hmm. charming guy, but then he'd say stuff that was way out there. Mm-hmm. And I think I can say it on radio uh, because I put it on television. But he was pretty harsh on George W. Bush, and Bush was going to be the odds-on favorite to be the candidate. This would be 1999-2000 campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and Donald Trump said that, uh, I'm going to run on my own. I've, I can, I've got all the money. I don't need any money. And I'm not a member of the Lucky Sperm Club, is what mm-hmm. he said. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was shocked. Is that a monthly that. monthly subscription on that, or how does that one work? Wow. <laughs> not, uh, that's not hysterical, sure. but no, that's that the, reference, isn't that a reference to the fact that uh, Bush's people came over on the Mayflower? Well, of course it is. Yeah. Well, yeah and, and that... Uh, I'm, Ivy League. Yeah, Jesse, uh, or not Jesse, listen to me, uh, Donald Trump at his campaign rallies, which are, again, like huge celebrations, crazy uh, uh, parties, he plays the song Fortunate Son mm-hmm. uh, by Creedence Clearwater Revival. And, and he used to say, and that's what he said in, when we talked to him back then, I ain't no fortunate son. You know, I'm, I'm not a member of that club that George W. Bush is. Well, which had abs- that song had absolutely nothing to do nothing with that. Nothing to do with nothing. Absolutely <laughs> not. Now, hasn't he tried to stop him? Yes. Hasn't John Fogarty tried to stop yes. him over and over again? Yes. And they also play uh, Neil Young. And by the way, greatest playlist ever at a, a campaign playlist of, uh, that I've ever seen is at the Trump rallies. And I think half of the artists have sued him to stop <laughs> the playing of their songs. And he just goes ahead and does it anyway. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pat, we certainly appreciate your time. You've had a great career, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you occasionally as the uh, Dean Emeritus. How about that? Yeah. That's, that's what I have. Uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be on. Love the show. Love you guys. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Pat. Pat See Kessler, WCCO, 36 years. That's tough. That's a tough road in that business, and he's to be congratulated. I think our own Tom Hauser is headed down that same path of uh, – who knows how long from now we'll be talking to Tom, and he will be the 
I, I would say he's the current dean, and he will be the outgoing dean at some point. Do you think that with guys like Pat and Hauser, I mean, these are two of the best local you know, political reporters in the country, and we have both of them right in our own backyard, but do you think the way that the landscape of politics is changing is leading some, like Pat, to not want to be a part of it anymore? Do you think that's part of this? I, I'd answer your question a different way. Uh, pessimistically, I think with Hauser and Kessler, we've seen the last of a certain breed. I agree with that. Totally. Minnesotans, yeah. I, Minnesotans is key, though. They're mm-hmm. humble. You know, yep. St. Thomas uh, College. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was a farm boy. For uh, it, it, just I don't think you're. Gonna, there's not a lot of TV people that aren't have a little sense of arrogance. You know, they're not all mean. They're not all, all bitchy and crabby. There, there are nice people, but these two, Hauser and Kessler, are exceptionally kind individuals, and it's not a bit. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely But not. for me, it's their lack of bias that, that sells it for me. Bingo. Yep. Well, I think his answer was extraordinary. He not only doesn't have a political ideology, A, if he did, he wouldn't tell you, and B, he doesn't even vote. Well, yeah. I loved his explanation. I don't think it's my, you know, that's not my place. They're so busy. How busy, How busy are, are they? they? At EcoFun Motorsports. Don't tell me. That they've extended the Black Friday sale one more week to run through December 5. Nice. And that Bintelli e-bike they're running for $999. Uh, that is an amazing deal because Tim informs me that's the same model I bought that the kids stole from me and took to Chicago. <laughs> and I got news for you. It wasn't $999. It was considerably more than that. This is an amazing sale on Bintelli e-bikes for $999. They were able to secure a special price for Black Friday due to the amazing volume they have sold, thanks in part to you great GLers. They also have less than 10 spots available for winter storage storage of scooters and Bentelli bikes. So people did take advantage of that great offer. This is EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. That Black Friday sale now extended through this coming Saturday. These are extraordinary deals on scooters, ATVs, Bentelli e-bikes, helmets, apparel. It's a really a great one-stop shopping center for the family's recreation and great Great recreational equipment for kids. Youth youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, youth scooters that turn every errand into an adventure. Yes. It's, a, it's really been a fun, a fun, successful year for EcoFun Motorsports, and they want you to know that that sale now runs through this coming Saturday. The Black Friday sale uh, is going to continue because of the tremendous business they've had and the tremendous volume they sold this year. Thanks to you, you guys, you GLers, who stop at Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, and there is EcoFun Motorsports. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers urging you to stick around towards the end of the program today for the daily money report from our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. He has extremely historic news as it relates to the markets this past month of November that you should stick around for. That's extremely exciting. He also has kind of a forecast and outlook for the remainder of this year as it relates to not only uh, a possible news with vaccine, but also what he thinks is going to happen before the end of the calendar year. Call Mr. Money Talk 2, by the way, today, 952-925-5608. That's the number you call to get a free 48-minute financial analysis of your own portfolio and maybe how Mr. Money 
Money Talk can help you. He's always going to give you straight talk. He's never going to give you sugar-coated advice, and he's here to help. Give him a call, 952-925-5608. And please make sure to stick around for the Money Report towards the end of Garage Logic today with Josh Arnold. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Shuffling them papers. Yep. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Sujure. What you got, bruh? I got some GLers, and these are, this is a wonderful family. It's the Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning family. They want to remind you to support local restaurants. Obviously, they are all going through the hardest year in management. It's a terrible thing. Plus, the holiday season is one of their busiest times, and their doors are shut. But. They are trying to save all the businesses they can by offering great takeout food. It would be great if you GLers could show your support and order up some food from great restaurants like, uh, give me some. Uh, 30- I know. Go ahead. 30- well, I was going to say your guys at Jack's Cafe. Yep. Uh, don't forget about Red Cow, Mancetti's, Johnny Heights, uh, oh Italian God. place up there. But uh, 30 Bales. Rook, who was the GLer that posted about 30 Bales That's over the Father weekend? Father Jengdahl. He is a huge Garage Logic podcast fan, nice. as is his mother and their... Uh, they're great listeners, and he's the kind of guy that would go out to Grunhofer's or 30 Bales or order Ray uh, Welter Heating for his uh, for his church. He would do that kind of stuff. And, you know, 30 Bales is really doing it right with their takeout menu. They're usually, they're turning around from when the, you place a call, they're turning that food around in 20 minutes. Woo! It's, re- it's really cool. I've taken advantage of it a couple times already in these past couple of weeks. Well, let's help out these folks, GLers. And Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning, thanks to your family for sponsoring this drive to support the great establishments. If you have any heating needs this holiday season, check them out at welterheating.com. Thanks again, and good luck. Jordan Peterson is the Canadian PhD in psychology who wrote a book called The 12 Rules for Life, and then uh, did a sequel to it. We talked about it last week because the uh, publisher, the people in the publishing house were crying and having to find a safe space because they don't like what he says because he's a clear conservative thinker. And I asked you, Chris, to find an audio drop of him, and uh, it, it wasn't the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have the right one. Let me read you an email uh, if I can find it. It was an email from a fellow who provided this. Uh, oh, hell, I can't find it, but that's neither here nor there. I actually uh, have it right here, if you yeah, like it. Uh, yeah. This came to us from Kevin. Oh, got your back, bro. Right. Yeah. Hey, Joe, uh, I know good help is hard to find, so I thought I would give the old scan bucket boy some help just giving you a hard time, Chris. <laughs> the right to be offended conversation is one of my favorite Jordan Peterson interviews. I'm sure you realize that the clip Chris played was the right one, but 2020 has you so worn down that you didn't feel like letting him know it wasn't the right one. Link below is a link to the clip you were looking for. It's about a minute 30, and I think it's well worth the time to listen. Thanks for a great show, Kevin. Before you play it, uh, remember that one of Jordan Peterson's beliefs is that he will not accept a government edict for calling people certain names. He rejects the idea of the state becoming pronouns. involved in that. Yeah, yeah, that pronouns. This might help you with this clip. A debate that's been very controversial for you. Um, and this is, you got in trouble for refusing to call trans men and women by their preferred personal pronouns. No, I want to ask, that's not actually true. I got in trouble 
because I said I would not follow the compelled speech dictates of the federal and provincial government, I actually never got in trouble for not calling anyone anything. Right. That, that didn't happen. You wouldn't follow the change of law which was designed not to once it was law. discrimination. No, no. What that, well, that's your... what they said it was designed to do. Okay, huh. you cited freedom of speech in that. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You know, like you're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Well, I'm, I'm very glad I put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I'm very glad that I have no, you get my, my point. You get my point. It's like you're, you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that is what you should do. But you're you exercising think... your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me. And that's fine. I think more power to you as far as I'm concerned. So you haven't sat there and... I'm just trying, I'm just trying to work that out. I mean... Ha, gotcha. You have got me. You have got yeah. me. I'm trying to work that through time. my head. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a while. It did. It did. Yeah. It took a while. You... Brilliant. Yeah. Completely shut her up. She didn't know what to say. Yeah, the whole interview is, is really good. Mm -hmm. it, it's really good. I will mm -hmm. post this to the GL Facebook page along with provide a link to the show page at garagelogic.com. Might we revisit the now disappeared monolith from Utah only to note that a monolith has now been discovered in Romania. Another mysterious monolith has surfaced in Romania days after one vanished in Utah. The shiny triangular metallic pillar was found a few yards from the ancient landmark called the Petradova Dacian Fortress in the city of Piatra, Niemt, on Thursday. It measures 13 foot tall and on one side faces Mount Chilu, one of the seven natural wonders of Romania that is known locally as the Holy Mountain. The origin of the structure has Romanian officials as baffled as their counterparts in Utah. We have started looking into the strange appearance of the monolith. Neemt culture and heritage official Roshina Jasanu said, per the British paper. It is on private property, but we still don't know who the monolith's owner is. It is in a protected area on the archaeological site. Before installing something there, they needed permission from our institution, one that must then be approved by the Ministry of Culture. Uh, I heard last night uh, one of the television anchors, one of the local anchorettes, that had a pretty good theory. What if this is part of a uh, an advertising scheme, and, and that one of these days we'll we'll have the product launched? And I got thinking about that, and I'm thinking no. And it goes back to Kenny's observation yesterday. You, if it's an advertising scheme. You can't wait seven years for it to catch on. And, and that monolith in Utah was first, as people have now reviewed Google Maps, was there as, as far back as 2013, only now to be removed. So it doesn't make a great deal of sense that we're all being played here by some sort of marketing gambit. Mm. And uh, here, here's the one in, uh, in Romania that's not identical to the one in Utah. It's identical maybe in height and shape, but it's got a different metallic skin with a series of loops on it. And uh, do you remember, uh, I, I remember 
on radio we we were pretty much pretty well sucked into the uh the uh dean Kamen oh. thing remember that ginger uh, it it it. it yes, you called it it, and we we were wondering and wondering. It took months before we realized that was going to be that the segue, right? right? Yep. Uh, the gyroscopically contrived segue, the two wheel uh, vehicle, and uh, uh, but there was nothing like a monolith to bring that forward. It was just clever marketing by Dean Kamen mm-hmm. and his company to uh, to intrigue the public about what was coming, and what was coming turned out to be the segue now we uh have a new eyewitness going back to the monolith in utah uh four men removed the metal monolith uh an eyewitness claims the three-sided stainless steel structure first spotted by wildlife officials counting sheep in southeastern utah on november 18 was taken down last friday by a team of four men who worked in pairs and shoved it to the ground this is according to the new york times ross bernard's a 34-year-old photographer from Colorado told the newspaper he drove six hours earlier that night to get a glimpse of the peculiar structure that prompted worldwide speculation over, over how it got there. After pushing the monolith to the ground, Bernard said, the men broke it apart and took it away in a wheelbarrow. As they walked off with the pieces, one of them said, leave no trace, Bernard's told the newspaper. Worried about a possible confrontation and suspecting the men might be armed, Bernard's decided not to snap photos of them. He did post other shots on Instagram, however, but a friend of his from Denver, James Newlands, 38, managed to get a few images uh, with his cell phone. So it said uh, it must have been 10 or 15 minutes at most for them to knock over the monolith and pull it out. Newlands said, we didn't know who they were and we were not going to do anything to stop them. Newland said the men were determined to leave with the 10-foot-plus structure. They just came in there to execute, and they were like, this is our mission, Newland's recalled. Newland's blurry snapshots, here we go with blurry, Blurry. show several men wearing gloves but without masks while standing over the monolith, which is hollow and has a framework made of uh, plywood, according to the New York Times. Newland's images are the only known shots of the monolith being removed. It is unclear if the men who took it down were responsible for installing it. The San Juan County Sheriff's Office said early Sunday it was aware the object had been removed, but said it didn't have the proper resources to probe its puzzling appearance and subsequent removal. However, with with hundreds of uh, visiting the area during the last few days, perhaps someone saw something suspicious, Sheriff's officials said. If you recognize anyone from the lineup uh, provided as being uh, in the area, of the strange structure on the night of November 27th. Please let us know. And uh, that's about all we know right there. That's about all we know. But it's now, there's another one in Romania. So uh, what's going on here? What is the movie that they think this is uh, emanating from? Is it Space 2001, Odyssey? A Space Odyssey. Right, where the aliens drop a monolith like this down and it, it gives off some sort of Radiation? Oh, no, uh, knowledge um, to mm-hmm. the ape tribes, and they develop a thinking process and are able to hunt for food and kill enemies, etc. Et Maybe cetera. this one was meant for the sheep. Well, I'll say what I said yesterday. Uh, I'm finding this to be delightful mischief, just a delightful prank, a yes. major league, major league prank. Yes, and. Uh, 
it's either that or it's the end of the world. So I have no idea. One of the two. It's one of the two. It's either a great artistic prank by some clever, clever people, or uh, we're being uh, told something uh, that we uh, continue to remain unknown about. Something's going on. Either that or it's a great big league prank. I'm going with big league prank. Did we ever get a sheep count accurate, or did they drop the ball once they saw the object? <laughs> once never... they saw the object, man, they, they forgot count. about the sheep. Oh, the sheep yeah. were gone. I counted this one. <laughs> I stopped at seven. One. Rook, they put the chopper down and got out and went and looked at right, the thing. Right, right. No, I do know that. That's They kind of dropped the ball, and they had one yeah. job, count the sheep. Plywood kind of... <laughs> Plywood's disappointing me a bit. Uh, you were looking for some maybe steel or something. Well, I, I wanted unknown minerals or something, and and uh, you know they could have gone to Menards and built this right, thing. I right. have no Do idea. Do you believe it's uh, part of this uh, artist McCracken's work, who's now left uh, left the world? He's uh, now dead, but Phil? McCracken was an artist out there. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No, not. Uh, not uh, not film. You know what? Not you know big urn. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a kingpin reference? Oh, God yeah, yeah, Almighty! Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think the guy. God. I think the artist's name was McCracken. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what it is, except again, if it's if it's a prank, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And Reavers, just be quiet. I think it was Ben. Ben McCracken. It's John, actually, but oh, that's funny, okay. Matthew. That's good. So you know what, Kenny? No, it's not. It's not funny. Uh, no, you're pretty funny. You're smiling on the inside, Joe. But I think Big Urn, <laughs> Big Urn, is even better because that's that Kingpin reference. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Big Urn McCracken. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, the monolith. Yeah. I mean, what's yeah. up? Uh, elg is the Norwegian word for moose. We're fact-based. Elg. There are no elk in Norway. Might have been a translation issue back there. So they, we were talking about the elk that was uh, harvested by a hunter. Oh, that's right. In Minnesota. And uh, Nate wants us to know elg is the Norwegian word for moose. Okay. Ah. So, there so we go. I wonder sometimes what Patrick we don't, will call uh, Sometimes we just don't give a rat's ass. You right. know, there, there, there are those times. And I got a note from Scott from Invergrove, who, also, who always signs Never Afraid and Pushing Back. He's had a hell of a go with COVID. Oh, boy. He's just had a hell of a go. He's been wiped out for two weeks. Wow. Uh, his fever finally broke Sunday. Optimistically, seems to things seem to have taken a positive turn. Uh, and he notes this virus attacks each individual based upon a yet-to-be-determined set of variables with a plethora of varied symptoms and severities. What I do know is that the older one is in age, the greater the likelihood of a rougher ride. As an ultra-fit 57-year-old, I was arrogant to believe I would shrug it off like a garden-variety cold. Instead, I have been humbled by this particular uh, pathogen's ability to be overly debilitating, if not uh, deadly. So uh, he, he's, he remains, uh, he remains uh, on guard against government overreach, but he's certainly a, a true believer that uh, this can be a devastating devastating illness and he signed it off never afraid and continuing what, to push back does he say what he did to get over it did he just ride it out was there a certain secret something he took uh, any any advice at all uh he it no uh, he said it got to the point where he told his wife uh this better not be permanent or i simply would need to be put out of my misery hmm. oh my that's dark wow. yeah 
There have been some who have scoffed that COVID-19 is just a bad flu or cold. To those fools, Mm -hmm. I say that it is far more than a bad flu, and you had best hope someone you love or care about does not end up on a ventilator as their once meaningful life life slips away. With a little bit of prayer, some GL luck, and good genetics, I'm going to get through this. Uh, he, He notes that he hasn't done anything particular. He doesn't even take pain medication. Wow. So he's gutting it out, I guess. What did you do, Kenny, when you had what was what remains unknown? I, I, I don't think that was COVID. I, yeah. I really don't. And I think uh, me talking about it in that manner is irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we're here. Sling <laughs> <That's, laughs> it against the wall. Paid. That's why we're getting paid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You, you know, I could take, uh, what is it, the uh, the test, uh, the immunity test. The antibody whatever. test? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I should do. And the, uh, what's the other one? The myocard myocarditis test? Isn't that another one you're supposed to take? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I've heard from enough people that I sure as hell don't want to get it. And alive. Well, I don't think anybody wants to get it. No, I know. I mean, I I wrote a column I feel like I'm going to be a leper suit. I'm going to be up here all by myself, and nobody's going to want to come take care of me. Ooh, gross. I don't. Well, don't count on me. Right, uh, I'm, out. I, I'm out. I'm out. Well, if you I'll pay me in venison, I might swing up and drop off a bottle of NyQuil or something, you know, to <laughs> get you through the day. <laughs> get you sleeping quick. <laughs> We I have uh, about something else. I have more evidence that this country needs to take very seriously uh, what's happening. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, uh, I, I would enjoy a brief time out here, and then I'm going to share those stories with you. This next song is about Kenny Olsen. If he's here, jump up and down. You cannot oh, stop him. He'll just make a move. Big Backyard, live in the caboose. A long damn time ago. Special thanks. You know what? Uh, Mark's brother Scott is a DKMags.com customer. Special GL thanks to DKMags.com of Old Highway 8 fame up in New Brighton for their excellent selection of new and used firearms at very competitive prices. And we're talking firearms magazines uh, that that's clips for you matt clips oh, got it clips, uh, suppressors yeah. and all those fun little accessories that we need but we don't need but we're going to get because we really need like red dot sites or tactical lights i'm going through my annual tack light obsession again uh, some cool options suits you don't have to duct tape a big old flashlight to your barrel like Carl, the assistant greenskeeper <laughs> at Bushwood, uh, you can just buy a tack light and have it mounted. If you jump on the website, dkmags.com, you'll see special orders are really easy. And you know what? If you don't see what you're looking for, call the shop anyway. There's a GL, or I know he lives three hours out. He called him up asking about a certain 9mm. The guy that answered the phone said, you know what? They don't make that anymore. They don't sell it. You can't get it anyway. But... I've got one sitting right here. <laughs> Instant sale. He was on the road the next day, ran down to DK Mags and picked it up. And it doesn't have to be hunting. It could be personal protection, home protection, clay pigeon, shredding cardboard. Uh, thankfully, DK Mags, they've got us all covered. And whether it's in-store or online or even over the phone, tell them you're a GLer. 
a wonderful gun shop for all of us here in Garage Logic, DKMags.com. Joe, yeah. before you continue, uh, we announced yesterday the launch of the Garage Logic holiday pop up shop on yesterday's program. And uh, we warned you, GLers, uh, go get your flag. We sold out in about four and a half no! hours. Oh, now we have another problem. <laughs> Are we going to get some more? Well, uh, I was just communicating with our gal Brooke in promotions, and we are going to order more, uh, but I'm not exactly sure when those are going to be. Those are your Valentine's Day flags <laughs> right? that you will get for your wife. But uh, we are going to order some more. I don't exactly know when those purchases can be made. Just go to the holiday pop-up shop because, again, this is only a one-week run. It's going to close at midnight on Sunday, December 6th. And that goes for everything, for the flags, for the uh, the, the T-shirt, and the cool knit Garage Logic uh, stocking hat yeah. that I need to get ordered, by the way, because I want to. I definitely want to get one of those. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to try to get those orders back up and running for the flags. We told you, get your flag or it's going to be gone. And we only had a limited supply of those, so we're going to try to replenish. It's like an easy Christmas present. So that easy. That you check them off the list. You're so good. easy. So uh, check it out. Uh, we've all tweeted it out. And it's also available at garagelogic.com. You can see the banner ad right there at the website. Last night, officers with the Seattle Police Department witnessed members of a protest damaging a key bank. That's the name of the bank, Key Bank, located in the 1600 block of Broadway around 8 p.m. The group then smashed windows at a Starbucks uh, before officers moved in and made three initial arrests. One person was arrested for property damage and another two for obstructing a law enforcement officer. The group continued to march through the streets and cause more property damage to businesses and residences. A fourth person was arrested for property damage before the group returned to Cal Anderson Park. Photos released by the police showed shattered windows at the Starbucks and the message, uh, blank up dirty money, spray painted on an ATM outside Key Bank. Buildings were tagged with slogans supporting Black Lives Matter, as well as calls for anarchy, arson, and violence against cops, including spray painting on the wall, more dead cops. Another phrase seen in graffiti was land back, a nod to liberal indigenous sovereignty movement that usually receives attention around Thanksgiving. Seattle has been the site of ongoing protests since the death of George Floyd. Uh, They had the uh, summer, of course, uh, they barricaded an area uh, around Capitol Hill. Demonstrators who said they called for racial justice and to defund the police camped out for three weeks in the space for decla- first declared Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone before the name changed to Capitol Hill Organized Protest or CHOP. Democratic leadership, including Mayor Jenny Durkin, received criticism for allowing unchecked crime including vandalism and sexual assault, to continue in the occupied Mm. zone until several shootings, including one that killed a black teenager, which prompted police and city officials to reclaim the area. After months of contentious talks, Durkin now plans to sign a new city budget voted on by council members last week that would reduce the city budget by 18% and cut funds for training, overtime, and eliminate dozens of vacant positions within the police department. (laughs) The reductions fall short of the 50% local activists demanded amid nationwide protests against police brutality and racial injustice. The new budget comes as the city marked its 55th Murder of the Year Monday with the fatal shooting of a man in the North Beacon Hill neighborhood, 
Another man was also shot in the same incident but survived. Like other big cities, Seattle is seeing a sharp rise in violent crime. Excuse me a moment. <coughs> the city recorded 28 homicide victims last year, 32 in 2018. Going back to 2008, the last year of data available, murders never stopped, topped 30 prior to 2018. Let me, let me pause before I get to the next item. Wait. What did you say? They they used to only have 30 yeah. murders a yes. year? Yes. Wow. Wow. It's <coughs> good. The success of activists securing city council seats, yeah. usually in concert with an activist mayor, is resulting in the destruction of America's cities. That's not hyperbole. These cities are being destroyed, including Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. And the success that activists are having securing these council seats are bringing about a complete ruin uh, to private property, uh, to businesses, home to values. public buildings, to home values, uh, all in the name of uh, racial justice, which has nothing to do with any of this destruction, absolutely nothing. Now we know in Portland, Portland now has the worst stolen car rate per capita Unreal. in the United States. Portland. It's a, a report using data from the 2017-2019 FBI Uniform Crime Reports and, and ranked the top 15 metro areas with populations of a million or more, excluding Denver, due to a lack of data. Portland had an average of 487 thefts per 100,000 residents and was followed by San Jose, California at 483, Seattle at 473, Salt Lake City and San Francisco rounded out the top five. The top 15 cities had a three-year average of 413 car thefts per 100,000, which compares to 251 for all big cities covered by the report. Uh, Portland is in the hands of activist council people. Now, you can't. You can't go to an activist council person in Portland and hold that individual council person accountable for a stolen car. But what you can hold the activist council Why? people for accountable all over the country is that they have so loosened the very idea of discipline and personal responsibility, they have so demonized police departments that they should not wonder that this behavior is becoming rampant in their cities. And these criminals know that these police are just overwhelmed and can't keep up right. with all of these calls. Don't leave us out. Uh, our our carjackings up five hundred thirty seven percent over this same time last year. While the city council, including its president Lisa Bender, Philippe Cunningham, and Fletcher, uh, want to reduce the police and reduce their budget, and Fry is putting up a good fight. I'll, I'll yeah. hand that to yes, him. Yes, he is actually. Yep. But here's here's the problem, which we've discussed and we learned about it this summer. The political system in Minneapolis is wrong. It's a weak mayor, strong council dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so so they can defund the police department, and, they, and then if, if Fry vetoes that, they can override it. You need a strong mayor and a weak city council. And this could be brought about by a petition in Minneapolis, but apparently these activists are so appealing to their constituencies that they continue to get elected. And that's where I was going, Joe, because this was I was alerted to this because of the Reverend Tim. Uh, but yesterday on that news that the Minneapolis City Council wants to shift $7.9 away from the police department, 
Our good friend Ilan Omar decided to chime in on uh, social media, retweeting that and saying, don't fall for the fear-driven narratives. We can craft a justice system that prioritizes <laughs> people's basic needs like mental health, violence prevention, and allow the city to put public safety first. Shout out to Lisa Bender, Cunningham, Minneapolis, and Steve Fletcher. There it's you almost go like she's got some sort of uh, disability or something that disallows her to see the truth. Uh, she's just such an idiot. Well, she's citing, idiot. The, she's citing the three council people who want to reduce the police department right which is her goal is to break up america as we know it the city council they're they're such idiots that they're giving the mayor and the police chief the what for in regards to the overtime that the police are logging right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like these cops are signing up for overtime and creating it just to be making more Skrilla, give me a break! Right. My God, in total, in total, five hundred and fifty-seven thousand thirteen vehicles were stolen in the fifteen cities listed below from twenty seventeen through twenty nineteen. Wow. We're not even, we don't even have the twenty twenty wow. figures. Yeah, number is- one, Portland. Number two, San Jose, California. Number three, Seattle. Well, of the top three, two of them are in the hands of uh, a dreadful anarchic situation. Number four, Salt Lake City. Number five, San Francisco, where the uh, activists run the city council number six riverside california seven las vegas eight memphis nine louisville kentucky ten los angeles california number 11 oklahoma city 12 milwaukee number 13 san antonio number 14 new orleans and number 15 tucson arizona there's almost a pattern there that uh, more cars get stolen in warmer weather (laughs) san jose uh San Francisco, Riverside, California, Vegas, Memphis, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, New Orleans, and Tucson. Well, another reason that winter protects us, I guess. Well, and Kenny, because you we'll will see. follow the, uh, uh, will we'll monitor this type of thing. How different is it listening to the police blotter now as opposed to just even Jeez, five years ago? Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable now. The calls are, are nonstop in there. Oh, they are grim. Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis, though, is actually the, the only... I can only listen to St. Paul because Minneapolis has gone encrypted. Mm, gotcha. So it's tough to listen to Minneapolis. And the same with uh, Hennepin County. Uh, the sheriff took the uh, took the feed down, so that's encrypted. We can't listen to them. Thankfully, St. Paul is still uh, with us, and, and they allow they allow us to listen. And I Why would say, they encrypt? What, what's the rationale? I I fear that they think it's going to be used against them, either by the press or the far left or by Antifa and the rioters themselves. And we can't blame them, you know? You can't no. blame them for going that route. No, no. And then more and more, we've got these amateurs who have signed up uh, to Twitter uh, that are doing the job, you know, that uh, a lot of us so-called professionals have been doing for years and they will throw anything out there that basically puts the officers lives in danger you know they're live tweeting and showing video and picture of situations as they're still playing out oh my god and it's and it's putting the officers lives in danger and they don't care all they care about is followers and money 
Um, so I've actually parted company with uh, most of those sites uh, on Twitter, and I block them, and then they've in turn blocked me, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just because I have moral issues with what they're doing. You know, years ago we made the, the dark prediction on the show about what what kind of guy or gal is going to want to be a police officer I, what where are we going to be at in five years? Well, not in this town, Chris. I mean, it's it's still a, a, a good job, and people have a, you know they're answering a calling, and it's not it's not racism or white power or any of that. They're they're these guys are sheepdogs. They're there for us, and they want to be there for us, and they're protecting us, yeah. and they're answering a calling. You of all people should know your dad. Well, and that's I guess um, why I brought it up because. But the question, Chris, I think you should be asking is why the hell would anybody want to do this in Minneapolis? That's yeah. the question. Yeah, you're right. That is the better question. If the if the biggest cities in the country are brought to complete failure which they're headed in many respects if they're brought to complete failure there is nothing to be gained by the people who bring that about except to know that the rest of us are suffering mm-hmm. hmm. there, there is nothing to be gained by the failure of these cities they're sources of employment they were one sources of pride uh, commerce uh, arts culture if they're brought to complete failure what has been gained no because i think joe the people that are you know the 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 ellisons of the world the people that have been career activists that are now in places of you know a seat on the city council they're viewing in their eyes change as something that's positive what they're seeing right now they think well this is a good thing even though the city's burning to the ground there's nothing good about it i and i agree completely but what is going to stop the carjackings is it somebody that's packing a piece and blows somebody up in the face uh, is that well, there there is that argument but again uh i'm i mean from my personal standpoint my vehicle isn't worth killing somebody nope. over okay and uh y- 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 one would hope that one would only pull the trigger if in fact i knew my life was going to end in the next two seconds e- either is my have- car and it's brand new and then, yeah, mine has 80000 on it, so Such would say I should offer it up for free anyway. Yeah. Well, I think I it's actually $88,000. Um, but uh, I lost my train. But uh, I was going to say the two rules, though. I have two rules. If I'm by myself, here are the keys. Uh, can I just take the garage door opener? Because you don't really need that. But right. if my kids are in the car, no, sorry, I'm, you know, I am putting up a fight. You brought up the Reverend Tim, and, uh, boy, it's really insightful following his Twitter account because he'll drop certain bits of knowledge that we all could use. And they were talking about this very subject over the the weekend, and uh, he admitted that not only does he keep one in the pipe, uh, but it's there on his lap ready uh, at all times so he doesn't have to dig for it, doesn't try to have to get it out of the holster or the center council or wherever, you know, his place is. It's just ready. And then he dropped a little bit of knowledge this morning that um, surprised me, and but I thought it was good advice. Yeah, and I think it was mostly directed for people over on the north side. He says, uh, "Don't stop for red lights. Stop and go. Roll through. Don't wow. don't sit there and wait. Wait. You become you. a target at that. Well, point. I I, right. I think I think right. you could I think you could amend that. Uh, maybe you want to stop and roll through if you sense trouble. But if there's nobody around, you might as well follow the law." Yeah, 
right. But, you know, yeah. every intersection and every situation is the same. Rook, you or, asked... Uh, is different, excuse me. Rook, yeah. you asked a question earlier about, you know, what's going to get these kids... I'm going to keep blowing this horn and, until I'm blue in the face. They have got to put these kids back in school. They have to. Yeah. Well, school and jail. I mean, th- th- there is no structure with the vast... You know this better than anybody. Uh, there is no structure with so many of these kids in the inner city right now. No, you guys have right. it totally wrong. You guys have it totally wrong. Tell me. Tell me. We're not well, doing I got it a, right. I got a note from Tim. He's down on the Gulf Shores yep. of uh, Mississippi or Alabama. Joe, I was thinking about your new fascination with Hallmark movies. I am not fascinated. Like I watched uh, Crown for Christmas too. the other day. That was pretty good. I, see, I, I knew you would. and <laughs> I was thinking about your fascination with Hallmark movies and writing one. It got me thinking of the current conditions in the Twin Cities and all of its problems. What if it was a Hallmark movie? The opening scene could have the city council president of Minneapolis waking up to a fresh snowfall, and she can't wait to get out and shovel her sidewalk. (laughs) Then we would cut to a young man approaching a car with a woman in it, and he asked her if he can help her carry her packages in the house. We would have to have someone mishear something. Possibly the police chief thought he overheard the city council talk about cutting his department, but we come to find out they were only talking about cutting down the Christmas tree for City Hall. Both downtowns would be festive with the sound of Christmas carols being sung. The only shots would be that of inoculations for COVID. Over in St. Paul, Tiger Jack would be running his Christmas tree lot, and a young Mayor Carter would be buying a Christmas tree and listening to his advice how to run a city. The newsboys on the corner would be selling a huge edition of the St. Paul paper, with everyone excited reading about the undefeated Vikings on their way to the Super Bowl. Well, that part might be too unbelievable, even for a Hallmark movie. I'm sure you boys could add a lot to the story. If we only lived in a Hallmark movie, what a life it would be. Good luck, Tim, from the jungles of East St. Paul, currently living the dream on the Gulf Coast and pushing back with both arms out. You know, why don't downtowns decorate anymore for Christmas? When did that end? When people started stealing them? St. Paul used to be a a fairyland of lights strung across the streets. Okay. um, People became offended. I guess. Celebrating Christmas. I guess. Even though their holiday, you nailed it. It was it was too Christmas. It was too Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Even my small town's got all the decorations hanging up from the poles. You know who really does it up, Such? Alexandria. Really? They've been doing it for my whole life, and uh, I was just mm. through downtown a couple of days ago. Hats off to the folks in Alec. Man, hey, got to go to the hardware store and shop for that Daisy BB gun, huh? Hey, <laughs> look out, Tiger! Look out! There we go. <laughs> Well, Alexandria can be explained by geography. It's far away from the closest, from the country's tallest buildings. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Say, Spencer wants us to know that he's now making 1,000 pounds of meatloaf each month, and he's not stopping there. Sorry, Spence. In God, honor buddy. of Reavers' love of meatloaf, Grunhoffers is working on a ne- new meatloaf just for Reavers. Hint, there may be cheese and bacon in this as yet what? unnamed Damn. meatloaf. What? Damn. Yep. Spencer has created a new burger, the Belly Burger. 80% lean ground chuck, then adds Grunhoffers' famous double-smoked bacon. The Belly Burger is 70% oh. ground chuck. And 30% bacon. Are you kidding me? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, go back. When is that going to be available? No, don't tell me. It is. Close your ears. Uh, The belly burger is available. 70% uh, ground chuck, 30% bacon. Warning is about to be issued. There's a belly burger warning. (laughs) 
Uh, GLers, if you're so inclined, email uh, your name uh, with suggestions, and we will share them with Spencer. We're also in the soup season. Wow. No, don't Joe, say that. Joe, don't Such, say that. Such, retract that. You can't do that to uh, Spence. He already hates us. It says right here in the copy, GLers, if you are so inclined, email us oh. your name suggestions, and we will share. Oh, it's the name suggestions for the meatloaf. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Oh, yeah, okay. For the meatball. All right. All right. Okay. I thought you were. I thought you wanted them to come up with new blends and new burgers. Oh, no, 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 salmon no, and bacon. Right. Hey, catch right. this though. Catch this. We're in the soup season, and Grunhofer's has a full lineup of soup meat. Soup meat, the kind that you typically can't find at your grocery store. Right. Beef kind shanks. Of, yep. Beef shanks, uh, smoked and fresh pork hocks pork neck bones and beef oxtail order your double smoked ham tenderloin and prime rib for your christmas dinner building update the roof trusses are going on today and the plumbing will be installed next tuesday thank you glers for your support so the uh the greatest meat emporium in all of gumption county is only getting better and if you have a name for that meatloaf which as the hint suggests may contain cheese and bacon uh, send them in, and we'll get them to Spencer Grunhofer. That's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat. It's in Hugo, right at the north end of Hugo on, where else? Highway 61. I see him there making the meatloaf, to being like the kid in Christmas Story. Meatloaf, double beatloaf, where he's just going, i got to yeah. make this crap again. <laughs> no, That's they so love delicious. it, man. They love it. It's so good. Poor and now guy. it's a, now a new one, awaiting its own moniker. Mm. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency that offers 16 carefully selected companies for your home and auto insurance needs. 16, not just one. Why is that important? Well, good question. Here's a little holiday comparison. Would you be satisfied if the only dessert you could have this holiday season was a fruitcake? That would be like having one agent representing one company. Meanwhile, your neighbor's got 16, 17 desserts over there to choose from because uh, he's got a little group going there. Well, at the Canopy Group, it's all about options. It's all about having 16 or 17 different choices. That's why our insurance agency offers 16 companies. In addition, we have 30 licensed, well, elves, I guess, working behind the scenes to assure you always have the best coverage at the best price. Remember, our clients' average savings is over $800 annually. So this holiday season, why are you stuck with the fruitcake? Get options with the Canopy Group. Visit the Canopy Group.com or call 800-967-3389. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Souchere. Wow. You know, if you're going in, uh, you, you want to <laughs> be a good DIYer, but know when to not go in, and that is when it's anything electrical. You do not want to mess with that. You want to call professionals. And Kenny knows that. See, Kenny's gone in on electrical stuff, and he's no. like, holy crap, how in the hell I am have, I going to get out? I have. I usually, yeah, you usually end up making a call, Rook. Yes, you're going to make a call, and I'm going to, I'm going to save you right now by saying get in touch with Troy and Tim at LiveWireSolarMN.com. I know I'm talking hey, Tim, about solar come, here. Come out and fix the mess. 
house I just created. All I smell is smoke. So please, just go to that box over there. If you would like to upgrade your, uh, if you got those little fuses that you have to unscrew, well, you need to upgrade. You need a circuit panel, and they know exactly, circuit breaker panel thing, whatever. See, I don't even know. That's why I don't do it. You call them, you go online, and you say, I'm in huge trouble. They do help upgrade circuit breakers, adding outlets, car chargers, and even backup generators for Armageddon. The bottom line, if you need electrical work done, you call Troy and Tim at LiveWire. They're GLers. They will take care of you. Their website also does solar, which is a great idea if you own businesses. LiveWireSolarMN.com. You'll take money off your electric bill. And also, if you're a commercial property owner, tenant build out, you need to call LiveWire or get in touch with them online. LiveWireSolarMN.com. Don't touch that wire until you call Tim <laughs> and Troy and our crier. Oh, it just, no, yeah, I'm just fell end. apart Sorry there. And higher. <laughs> one sentence too many on that one, guys. Sorry. LiveWireSolderMN.com. What I'd like to do is I challenge them, Rook, and I say, I've got a problem you're never going to be able to fix. Ooh, and that's then you come out up. and fix it in about three minutes. <laughs> we did it. In the Tom Sawyer. Hey, thanks for whitewashing the fence for me. <laughs> Only. Because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. Mumbai? Mumbai, from our friend Tom Lyman. Oh, it's yeah. on this date in Minnesota history. December 1st already, boys. December 1st. Yep. As, a, as, a, as a 21st-er, <laughs> I'm uh, 21 days from spring. You normal people can continue to suffer, but I'm, I'm 21 days from the start of spring. Joe, uh, are, is the club open for membership? I'm yes, all about, the time. I'm all thinking the time. about joining. Uh, yeah. I think I'm at the age where I need to join. I'm more of a 23rder in <laughs> December. You know why? No, it's your at your birthday. birthday. I knew you knew why. Thanks for not remembering, yeah. guys. <laughs> And I'm taking presents this year. My mailbox has been empty since we started this stupid podcast. Nobody sends me anything. Somebody send me something. I don't care what it is. Guess what? I'll send you something. Yeah, I don't want so what you I. got. I don't want what Hold you got. Hold my finger. I got something for you right See here. See you later, Onan. I don't want any of that. May I? Uh, oh, God. May I, may I do this? Uh, on this date in Minnesota history? No. First we have Turn to off Kenny's microphone. Right, he's brilliant. Turn it off, Chris. I'm not kidding. Turn it off. Turn it off. All right. On this day in 1982, Clement Hoppers dies in St. Paul in the same Ramsey Hill house in which he was born in 1900, hmm. known for developing the Minnesota State Fair art show into a major exhibition of local work he also led the Works Progress Administration's federal art project in Minnesota. Throughout his career, Halpers insisted that artists should support themselves without government grants. Hail you, pal. Okay. In this vein, when asked to give art, art students a lecture on how to survive financially, Halpers responded, sure, that'll be 150 bucks. <laughs> See? But right. boom, boom. Oh, wait. Oh, I yeah. missed that. Hold on, hold on. Funny <laughs> Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's a gorgeous day, and we're we're looking at another week of this kind of weather with 40s over the weekend. You know, uh, I I apply a theory. Once we hit December December one, every day that there isn't snow on the ground, we're one day closer. I have a theory too, one and day. it's very deep. Okay, maybe nature is easing our tribulations from COVID by giving us this beautiful weather it's global warming dummy i wish hmm. i think it's if it's global warming it ain't nearly warm enough 
Right. What else? What else can we do? We're five days a- away from the last sixty showing up on the record books. You want an oatmeal orgy is what you want. Yeah. Whoa. I've never been to I one of those. Don't even know what that means, but I, I think that nature is providing us with some solace here. Yeah. Some solace. Clear blue sky, sun, some no solace. wind, great walking weather. Solace. Great walking solace. weather. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sometimes at a point in your life where you just don't have much to do and you just go for a little stroll, huh? Get out of the house. Get away from the CP for a little bit. I'll drive to Lakeville Walk today back up the driveway. And, and you know what's waiting for you on the other side of that garage door. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Sitting in the chair. Yeah. Wondering what in the hell happened here. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a long winter when you look at it that way, isn't it? It's time for another walk, yep. Yeah. Time to go pick up some Going lamps. on another walk, ma! Yeah, yeah. Tie your shoes tight. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'm really. Uh, uh, this is really upbeat right now. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Are you out of here? You know yeah. what I got? Last time I went to uh, Ace Hardware, Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. What'd you get? I got a strip, uh, an electrical strip for the Christmas tree. So you're gonna need that. You need to want it. You need to make sure you have that strip because you're gonna have about six or seven. Uh, strings of lights. Well, and you had to plug in your new lamps. Good hey, uh, those lamps are great, Joe. Good. I'm glad you like them. Good. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that uh, I could take those off your hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those are pretty good. So that'll be it for me. I'll hey. be here all week. Uh, I'm coming back in Friday. We'll see what happens. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get her going here. Let's go to Potter, man. Potterman.com. Wow. We have derailed. <laughs> What am I going to do today? Is it Matilda DeAngelis? It's only 1.30. Matilda DeAngelis. Let's do another show. I can do it. I can do that. Yeah. Here we go. Let's start this one out. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Hardware and Garden Stories. His name is Josh Arnold. We call him Mr. Money Talk here in Garage Logic, and he is on the line with us right now. You should give him a call today for a free 48-minute consultation. That's right. I said the word free. 48-minute consultation, and you can do that by calling 952-925-5608. Josh will always give you straight talk. He's never going to give you sugar-coated advice. And Josh has some big news. We had a pretty historic month last month, didn't we, Josh? Chris, a very historic month, despite all the issues issues in the economy, parts of the economy that are extremely bad in the hospitality industry. We'll call it the government-induced recession slash slowdown. The Dow Jones average had its best month since January of 1987. Wow. And I do remember January of 1987, all of the doomsayers at that point saying the market could not continue to go up. The number of people who said there was no place to invest and things would only end badly. In the spring of 1987, we had a bond market crash led by the Japanese unloading a lot of bonds because their economy was sluggish. You do know that there was a change in Fed chief, and you do know that the new Fed chief at that time, uh, late in the year, Alan Greenspan, tightened the money supply too much created a situation that led to the October 87 market crash when he realized he had tightened things 
too much. In 2020, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury did and have done everything in their power to provide enough liquidity to keep the economy going. There are parts of the economy that are doing exceedingly well, particularly those that are part of the work-at-home, stay-at-home, or be-home economy. Those have been led by the favored uh, mega-stocks, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Google. We also have some changes that have led people to leave urban areas. So we have a process known as de-urbanization, which has helped to boost housing-related companies and companies that help to refurnish houses, particularly in the suburban areas, and has also led to a nice boost in auto-related companies. Those two sectors, in my estimation, could well continue to be leaders even as we get a vaccine and two companies uh, will be applying for emergency use authorization, Moderna and Pfizer Biotech. Uh, They should have vaccines available for those in most need by the end of this year. Hopefully, the availability of the vaccines will hit everybody by the spring of this coming year. And your focus should continue to be on these companies that benefit from this. I do believe help your overall investment performance. One other thing, Cyber Monday was better than expected. That's sound advice from the man himself, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, and he's available for all of you GLers anytime, anywhere. Just give him a call today, 952-925-5608, and he will give you that free 48-minute consultation with sound advice. Never, ever, ever any sugarcoat advice. It's always straight talk from our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Okay, thanks. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.